Welcome to this hour of service and worship um, here at Memorial Church. Uh, if you are visiting with us, we're glad to have you here. Hope that you'll be back to worship with us again on many, many future occasions. A um, couple of announcements. Um, children are reminded that tonight finishes up the spring semester of the children's activities. And so there is a gathering for them tonight from 5.30 until 7 that is basically going to be a party, uh, a children's party. So we hope that uh, they will be here for that. Um, Bible school sign-up is going on right now. Bible school will be in early June, 5 through 9, uh, 5th through the 9th. And it will be in the evenings from 6 p.m. to 7.45. Um, we invite the children to the Shake It Up Cafe where they can um, carry out God's recipes for life. You may register uh, at the back as you leave today with, for the children or online at greerchurch.com. We found out that today was a, a rather busy uh, day for families and so we have decided to cancel the Council on Ministries meeting, which was to be today. I'm not sure what that does to Dixie's committee. <laughs> okay. So the membership, usually with the two meet, when one meets, they both meet. So the membership committee uh, also will not be meeting um, so that we can attend to so many other things that are happening in the life of the church. And there are many things, as you see in your bulletin, some of you have been busy with the Relay for Life this weekend and many other things going on. It is wonderful to be a part of a church that is doing so much in our world um, to improve the conditions of people's lives everywhere. And as we look out at the news, we see that there's an awful lot for us to do. So uh, thanks be unto God that we are um, chosen folks for that good work. Let us now begin our time in worship together.
affirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed, found on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From this he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of life, and the life everlasting. This time, I'd like to invite the children to come forward to, to uh, join us in a few moments of sharing. saw Miss Emma on TV this week. Did y'all? She is in the Never Ending Story production. I think we've got several youth that are in it as well. And that's a, a wonderful thing. And uh, I know you're tired. I bet you are tired. That's right. Um, talk about being tired. A few years ago, I was invited to go to something that the youth in the church were doing that's called a lock-in. Do you know what that is? That is when the teenagers come to church and they sleep in the building overnight. Well, they're supposed to sleep in the building overnight. Usually they stay awake about half the night. And I was invited to spend the night because they put the boys on the second floor and the girls asleep on the first floor, and they put me asleep on the stairs. <laughs> so that if those boys tried to sneak down from the second floor to visit the girls, they would have to step on me and wake me up. And one of them did, he stepped right on my face. Woke me up, but I got him to go back upstairs. Uh, I thought about that when I, believe it or not, when something Jesus said about sheep and the place that sheep spend the night. Back in the day that uh, Jesus was walking around in, in uh, Palestine and teaching all the people, he saw some shepherds and some sheep one day that really made him think about what he wanted the church to be like. And what he saw was a shepherd walked into this rocky place. I guess it was kind of shaped like this and had a little opening in it, sort of like right here. And the sheep got inside where they would be safe and nobody could get to them. And then the shepherd would lie down right in the door so that if a lion or a bear or something like that wanted to try to get a sheep, he had to step over the shepherd. And Jesus saw that and he said, you know what? That's what it's like. I'm like a shepherd, and y'all are like my sheep. And I'm taking you a place that's safe, and I'm willing to lay my life on the line to make sure you stay safe. Well, we just celebrated that Jesus put his life on the line for us. He gave himself for us when he died on the cross. He rose back to life, and he is our good shepherd who helps us know the right way to live. He leads us day by day. So that makes him the shepherd and us the sheep, right? Can you say bye? <laughs> okay, let's close with prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you are our shepherd and we are your sheep. Amen.
In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, we hear something about the early church and uh, how they worked together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here ends the lesson. Our responsive reading is the 23rd Psalm, which is on page 137 in the front of your hymn book this time. And it is the King James Version. Some of us still love the beautiful poetry of that translation. So I invite you to stand as you're able as we share God's word together responsively. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Our epistle reading is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 25. It is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure that? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Here ends the lesson.
Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we are thankful to be sheep of your pasture. And we are thankful to have you to shepherd us through life. We are grateful that you speak to us and we learn your voice as we respond to those who have taught us in our families and as we have read the good words contained in the Bible and as we have fellowshiped with other more experienced sheep. So we're grateful this day. We come to give you thanks that we are not left to fend for ourselves in life, but we have a leader who goes through life ahead of us and sheep follow their leader. We're also thankful, Lord, that you were constantly putting your life on the line for the 12 disciples. Several times before the crucifixion, you had to step in to take them to safety. And in the final time in Jerusalem, your last visit there, you did what you said you would do, and that is to show what the greatest love would be. And you gave your life for all of us. And we are thankful for that. We're thankful for the forgiveness of our sins because we have all strayed away from the flock at some time. We are thankful that you welcome us back into the fold and that you continue to lead us to places of nurture and growth and service. And then you call us back here to this place of safety, this corral that we call Sunday morning worship at church where we might once again hear the words of our shepherd and grow in our strength and in our faith and find in your written word guidance that we need to be able to live this next week. And so we give you thanks. And Lord, we are thankful that you have called others to be apostles and teachers and shepherds of the flock. And we think back in our hearts and minds now, those who have shepherded us in the past, both ordained clergy and Sunday school teachers and other mentors. They are blessed in our memories because they represented the good shepherd to us. We pray your blessings upon those memories and we pray also that you would keep us mindful of the fact that we are shepherds of one another, that we are shepherds of the next generation coming along. Give us wisdom to guide their ways in the footsteps of Jesus. In whose name we pray as he taught us saying, Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
As we gather today for worship, that lady whose last name I changed 40 years ago is in Pittsburgh, PA, running a marathon. So if you run out of things to pray for today, pray for crazy preacher's wives that run marathons. <laughs> 26 miles. She loves that stuff. I, I, I walk to the Waffle House and I'm tired out. But uh, anyway, that's where she is. Our gospel reading is from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Here ends the lesson. Sometimes I tell you folks a joke and you don't get it. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Very often I tell you folks a joke and you don't get it. What's even worse, sometimes I preach a sermon and you don't get it. You don't understand it because I guess I'm just not as clear as I need to be. In John 10, we see Jesus trying to teach his disciples something about the church that he and they were going to be putting together. And in verse 6, we're told that Jesus used the figure of speech, but they didn't understand it. He did not, they didn't understand what he was telling them. So in verse 7 through 11, Jesus backs up and starts over and makes a second attempt to get them to understand his figure of speech. So I guess if I'm going to follow Jesus' example today, I ought to end my sermon by asking you if you understood my sermon, and if your answer is no, then I ought to try again for another 20 minutes so that I might be understood. Is anybody here in the mood for a 40-minute sermon? Don't all of you ask, answer all at once. <laughs> Jesus, though, was a master at seeing life lessons happening all around him. Whenever he saw something that spoke to him about life or the kingdom and inspired him, he shared his observations with his disciples. God's kingdom is like a farmer scattering seed on all kinds of soil. Not every seed will grow to maturity, but some of them will. And so we're going to be busy scattering those seeds of God's love. God's kingdom is like a tiny mustard seed that starts out very small, but eventually it becomes the largest of the shrubs. It's like that merchant we saw the other day who was in search of a priceless pearl. And when he saw a an especially valuable one. Do you remember? He ran out and sold everything he had and came back and bought that one pearl. That's what my kingdom is like. Or it's like you fishermen who cast your nets and bring in all kinds of fish. 
One day as they were traveling along, Jesus saw a shepherd and some sheep. And again, he saw something that spoke to him about life and about the church that he was uh, working on. The sheep were kept safe at night by being corralled in some type of a pen. They entered the pen to rest from their labors. There were always some rustlers who would try to climb in over the wall into the pen in order to steal a sheep. And so the night watchman shepherd had to remain alert in order to protect his sheep. But when the day duty shepherd arrived in the morning, he was recognized by the watchman and allowed into the pen. The shepherd knew each sheep by name and called those name, names as he led the sheep out to safe pasture. Because the sheep knew their shepherd's voice, they wouldn't stray away from the flock following some stranger. What a wonderful illustration, Jesus thought. His disciples then and now were like sheep who needed a good shepherd. The word pastor means shepherd. And the good pastor would lead us to good pastures. Dangers are all around. There are always those who will try to take advantage of us, leading us astray. There are some get-rich-quick schemers and charlatans who would misguide us and false teachers who really don't care about us who would fill our heads with meaningless and false doctrines. But Jesus' sheep would know his voice and would follow him, not straying after some false teacher. The shepherd would lead them to a place of rest and safety at night and out to safe pasture by day. Is that clear to you disciples, Peter, John? No? Well, let me try again, Jesus said. So Jesus started over, but he still liked the shepherd sheep corral illustration, and so he just tweaked it a bit to try to clarify things. <clears throat> Jesus had noticed that the shepherd, who was on night duty, would corral the sheep in the pen, and then he would sleep right there at the opening, at the gate of the pen. Sometimes he would be the gate. The shepherd would be there if the sheep tried to get out. They would have to step on him. And to get in to steal a sheep, a thief would have to get into the pen often over the shepherd's dead body. Jesus said, I am like that shepherd who functions also like a gate. I am willing to put my life on the line for my sheep. It is only by me that sheep may enter the pen, and all others who would harm the sheep will be kept out. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that the sheep may have life in full measure. Well, maybe the second time he tried, the disciples understood a little better. First of all, Jesus has claimed the role of the gatekeeper. He and he alone gets to decide which sheep to allow into the pen. He didn't see the need to form a committee to interview the sheep, to check on their worthiness, or to get the other sheep to vote on the acceptability of the new sheep who wanted to enter the pen. If a sheep heard the, the shepherd's voice and came to the shepherd, it was allowed to enter the pen. Now, most human organizations have a list of things that you must agree with and adhere to uh, for, or else you will not be allowed to join them. And there are some church groups that are pretty strict about what they require for you to, to do in order to join them. I'm all in favor of lofty requirements for those that are chosen to be leaders in the church. I don't think that you would want just anybody and everybody to be your pastors or your Sunday school teachers, or church officers. And even in the early church, there were some very strict requirements that one had to meet in order to be a deacon or an elder. 
Perhaps that's what Jesus was alluding to when he spoke of the night watchman who keeps thieves out but who recognizes the true shepherd of the sheep and allows him access to the sheep. But to be a part of the pen, the fellowship of the church, all one had to do was to respond to the voice of the shepherd and say, Jesus is Lord. Now Jesus is still the only gate that anyone has to go through to, in order to belong to the universal church, that holy Catholic church that we say that we all believe in, and it's the requirement for membership in the Methodist church as well. I'm so thankful that Jesus was willing to open the gate to wandering to a wandering sheep like me, and that all this sheep needed to do was to tell the good shepherd that I needed him. But there are dangers all around us. The shepherd boy, David, told King Saul that there were times when a lion or a bear came and would carry off a sheep from the flock and he had to go after the wild beast. John Jameson was telling me that there's a mountain lion loose that he's been seen up in that section of the county. I'm surprised John recognized one because he only recognizes elephants usually. It's a little political humor. But anyway, he said there was a mountain lion up there. And David said that sometimes a lion or a bear would steal a sheep from the flock and he would have to pursue it. And when he struck the lion or the bear, the sheep would be rec rescued from the mouth of the beast, but then the animal would turn its fury on the shepherd. And then David said, I would seize it by its hair, strike it and kill it. That's why he said he didn't fear Goliath. He was just another big beast as far as David was concerned. There is a thief, Satan, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives, our health, our happiness, even our souls if we let him. Therefore, I am also glad that Jesus is the shepherd who is like David, willing to put his life on the line for us sheep. Anybody, you see, could say greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. But Jesus actually did that. He didn't just talk about lying down at the gate of the corral and keeping his sheep safe. Jesus took our place on the cross, dying for our sins, descending into hell to deposit our sins there once and for all. He is the good shepherd indeed. But Jesus also routinely puts us first in kingdom things. When you and I wander off the straight and narrow or when we get snatched by uh, life's lions and bears, he comes to us again to defeat our enemies and to rescue us from the temptations and sins of life. I had a good friend who was a, a missionary to Mexico back in the 70s. And he told about a fellow missionary and how he, he was, they were good friends and he would watch his fellow missionary when his fellow missionary would get worried about some of their church members. He would very much worry about a particular man named Manuel who periodically strayed uh, from the straight and narrow. The missionary would pace around for a while and then he would say to my friend, it's time, let's go clean Manuel's plow. That was the missionary's way of saying that as we plow the fields of life, clearing weeds from the land, inevitably some dirt clings to the plow. Or said another way, as we live our lives for Jesus in the midst of this world of sin, sometimes those sins and temptations will stick to us and weigh us down and defeat us at times. Poor Manuel was a former alcoholic, and he would do all right for a while, and then he would fall off the wagon, as we say. These missionaries would go for a visit and convince Manuel that it was time to pour his whiskey down the drain, and in that way they would clean his plow. You know, Jesus comes to us when we stray away from the sheepfold, and he's always willing to clean our plows. Once again, giving his life and his energy for us. And if you need it today, the Lord is here to clean your plow. 
The sheep pen or corral is like the church. It's a place for us to come together for rest and nurture. We come for spiritual rest to hear the words of the Good Shepherd so that we can learn what his voice sounds like. Many difficulties in life can be avoided by learning the character and wisdom of our Good Shepherd's voice. Young sheep have a chance to fellowship with older, wiser sheep who can impart their wisdom to us. You young sheep are missing out on blessings if you don't take time to listen to the wisdom of the older sheep in this pen. And you older sheep are letting us down if you don't give your wisdom to us from your life's experiences. It's too soon for you to quit. Then after the time of nurture, the shepherd leads us out the fields of service in his name. There are so many pastures of service in the world today. There are pastures like the short-term missions work, whereby you can go out of the country for a week or two in order to build homes and churches. There are pastures much closer to home also, where people need our love and service. The thief is relentless in his coming to steal, to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. In the last 18 months, haven't we seen so very many earthquakes and tornadoes and now floods? And these are all giving us ample opportunities to help our neighbors throughout the world through the United Methodist Volunteers in Mission and through um, UMVIM's work and other Methodist organizations which are helping people in their times of need. Right here in Greer, there are people who look to our soup kitchen and to Greer Community Ministries and to Greer Relief just to survive day by day. Teaching Sunday school, singing in the choir. There are many wonderful pastures of service right here in our church. And the toughest pasture around here involves diapers. But somebody's got to do it. You might find a pasture of service out there in our diaper center. Jesus is the gate to the church. Whoever enters through him will be saved and will come in for rest and will go out again to find pastures of service. Jesus is all about giving us meaningful life. He gives us life with that quality of abundance and fullness now and in the world to come, that's good for us to remember. Jesus does not come to us to load us down with burdens and guilt and a list of requirements. He comes to help us, to lift the burdens off of our backs. He is the good shepherd who has given his life for his sheep and who lives for us and with us today. How blessed we are to be his sheep, and to belong to his fold. Amen.